have risen from the ashes to school the masses. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Scholars of Wrestling Show, episode 384. I am your man behind the microphone, Scholar Jeff. Joining us this day, the lovely and talented, the OG undisputed Scholar Tarek himself. Scholar Tarek, what's going on tonight, sir? More technical drama that I'm once again having to uh, record this episode on my cell phone instead of on my laptop, but doing what I can with what I got. And I still don't understand why I don't got my laptop working. I don't understand why I'm like, yeah, password incorrect. So now I have to do it on my cell phone. But after watching, uh, after watching the episode last week, I was like, you know what? Quality is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but still. Oh, I'm sure the audio files in the audience will have something at pick, but hey, you know, you can't please everybody. And meanwhile, until we get all of our technical issues worked out, we're soldiering on because we're the scholars of wrestling. And apparently there's a lot of things to talk about in this week's segment we like to call uh, Backstage News. Indeed. Let us go peek behind that curtain once again. And I really don't want to think of something elaborate to keep this going so let's just go ahead and check in on more backstage news 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 not bad timing man news but yes speaking of things going wrong there's been an inordinate amount of injuries in the world of professional wrestling lately uh help me out here how many people are injured we have got obviously we've got Cody Rhodes, whose injury probably melted the internet at some point. We've got Roman, not necessarily injured, but not nearly going as far as as he used to on his schedule. And just all around, there's injury after injury after injury. And it seems like every single company every single major company is really having to roll the punches at this point. Uh, this is not the first time we've seen this. It is the first time we've seen this in a world with AEW in it. So I guess right now the question begs, what does both company do going forward? What does their title picture look like? And how would you book it? For both companies? Yes, but first, let's bring in the one and only Scholar Charlie, who's just joining us now. Let's patch him in, see if we can get him. Bear with us one moment. Yeah, I saw his message saying, pretty much, it looks like he's having the same problem I'm having. And he's in. Hi, Charlie. Pat- patching cool. in live, one and only scholar Charlie. How are you doing tonight, sir? Tired. Yes. Apparently, like you're having the same technical issues that I have, just not being able to connect through my laptop and having to do it through a cell phone. Yeah. I only- <laughs> so that's why. But yes, you came in at just the right time. We're just getting started talking about. Horrific bodily injuries and how they're affecting the some of the biggest com- wrestling companies in the world. Oh, yes. 
So really, like we were talking about a moment ago, it's bad enough when WWE has so many of their major top-tier talent just injured and off the roster. And now we're getting that, also getting that in AEW with a long streak of injuries. We've got, we still have Kenny Omega. We've got Brian Danielson. Uh, help me out here. CM Punk. Kenny so, and Kenny Omega as well. What's that? Kenny Omega isn't just taking time off right now. He's injured. Oh, yes. He, uh, he's uh, rehabbing from an injury. Oh yeah, the whole point of of this whole thing is there are so many main event talents, traditional main event talents that are being plagued with injuries and every it seems like everyone's main event pictures are thrown into the blender and everyone's just ro- trying to roll with it. So my question to you is in this brave new world that has such AEW in it what does the modern main event look like to you for both companies, at least for, let's say, the next three to six months? Who's on top? Giggity. Yes, quite giggity. Who's on top in AEW and who, how does the main event get filled in WWE? Well, in WWE's case, it's very it's kind of simple. Just throw in the part timers, throw in uh, throw in the already established stars, stars of the past. I mean, look what uh, with Cody Rhodes to- uh, tearing his pec. It's really just when it comes to like people who are trying to push as stars. It's more just Cody Rhodes tearing his pec, but just got to give him mad respect for. Uh, Still wanting to have his Hell in the Cell main event, which turned out to be a great, turned out to be a very good Hell in the Cell match, uh, and just adds more drama that they actually really built since the uh, Monday promo that we talked about on the prediction show last week, fool. Um, but yeah, but when it comes to just everyone else, it's just Randy Orton just not being there because he's just on a lighter schedule. Roman taking the Brock Lesnar approach and just not showing up, being a part, uh, becoming the part-time champion. Uh, and now in Cody Rhodes' case, he's be he was established since he came back as the top babyface. So in that case, when it's on Raw, just give it to Edge, because showing what they did uh, this past Monday on Raw, they. Bring in, they bring in Finn Balor as a new member of Judgment Day, which turns out just to be, oh, yeah, guess what? I'm, uh, we're actually just going to kick you out, Edge, for reasons. And there are many different sayings on why they uh, had to basically pull this, as people are calling it, uh, what is it? Uh, panic move is... Edge already is, uh, is the established star of the nostalgia the, the nostalgia factor. So let's just go ahead and push him instead of, you know, having someone who is a babyface in Finn Balor as the as your top babyface of your Raw brand. I mean, look at just how 
I think the one of the best examples of how Finn Balor could have been a top babyface, just just from his entrance alone, just with his uh, parts of his entrance theme, he can just get the crowd to do what he wants. But from the Cody Rhodes injury to other reports of uh, store of creative disagreement between creative and edge of Vince wanting this, the judgment day faction to be uh, more of the supernatural. Yeah. That's what I feel. Supernatural group. And edge was just like, no, I don't want it to be a supernatural. (laughs) And it was, it's even reported that he hated uh, the Damian priest teleporting segment when uh, around the time when he first joined edge. So When it comes to the question, what do they what do they do? It's just their answer is just bring some bring an established star of the past to basically push push down our throats. I know you're not much of a big fan of Edge, uh, you are Charlie, but I I was really I was really intru- I was really looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with this Judgment Day faction, and it looked like yeah. Edge was just in full in full gear, no pun intended, on pushing this stable only to have it basically take it out from under him to have them have his his mates uh, join up with a Finn Balor who hasn't won a, a pay-per-view match in a long time. Him and AJ Styles have not won big matches for a long time, so it just makes makes perfect sense. Oh, let's go team up with Finn Balor uh, over the guy who's actually been giving us wins but yeah creative stupid as hell at the end of the day i'm seeing edge versus finn balor so i'm perfectly fine with it (laughs) yeah that's one thing i can say is that for all of their shortcomings they seem to have something in mind to deal with this whole situation Uh, again for the uninitiated we are recording this on friday night right after uh, SmackDown and Rampage. Congratulations, so, congratulations, Walter, on winning the Intercontinental Championship. Yes, yeah, Walter. Yes, we got Walter on SmackDown winning the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther, whatever. Don't, and don't, we got, don't call him that. Don't call him that. Hey, considering I also got Lacey Evans in the Money in the Bank match also tonight, I'm 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 feeling pretty nice. So thankfully, it seems like they're rolling with something. But, and even just before, after all of that, we got it locked in. We've got Riddle versus Roman Reigns for the uh, the unified championship at Money in the Bank. No, next Friday. No, it's next week. Oh, yeah, next, next fr- week. I stand corrected. Yeah, Nothing's they- happening at Money in the Bank. They reported that uh, Roman's not going to wrestle crossed. Money in the Bank. I I remember hearing that, so I got a little confused when I saw that he was facing Roman. I just automatically assumed that plans changed and he was going to be at Money in the Bank. Oh, no. They, they even said it on SmackDown that it's yeah. next week. Uh, I don't know why they... Because I don't know why they, were pl- they changed it. It probably was going to be set for Money in the Bank, but they were just like, you know what? No, we're just not going to have Roman, Roman wanted wrestle. that day off. Apparently, 
<laughs> Roman's only wrestling at like big events, even though Money in the Bank is slowly rising to be a big event, more so than Survivor Series, in my opinion. But it's still just oh great now he's continu- now he's getting that Brock Lesnar sh- rarely showing up uh, character. I, I just now it's just more of the reasons why I'm just not I'm not really watching WWE anymore. It's just other than just joining just to see because just to see. Uh, Walter win the Intercontinental Championship because of my you almost I know I I caught myself I caught myself Uh -uh. uh, with Walter uh, winning the Intercontinental Championship and apparently they're very high on him the people backstage are very high on him so I could see I could see him having this having the Intercontinental title as as long as he had the uh, UK title good which in my, <laughs> it's actually funny I bring that up because Michael Cole's like, this is so and so. I'm not saying his name. So and so's first major title in WWE. I'm like, you stupid assholes. He's, he's the longest reigning NXT UK champion. How dare you? Correction. It was Walter was the U- longest reigning UA- UK champion. Gunther is. This was Walter. his first major title. Gunth Walter, or whatever. Uh, it's a joke about the rebranding of of Walter into Gunther. I'm sure they're playing some sort of technicality wordplay here. Stupid. It's just and more- I just that was just an explanation. I never said it was a good decision. But yeah, it's like the initial topic of just where do they go here? It's just. Work with what, like I said, uh, when we first started the episode and uh, me with my having to record this on my phone, do what you can with what you have. You have someone like Finn Balor and now you guys are excited for the edge Finn Balor, but it's just more looking like it's just going to be, okay, we've established this group. Now let's join. uh, Now they join up with the guy who is the guy who hasn't, who hasn't been winning matches. So it's just more like Judgment Day imploded before it really began. I don't like I, I'm just not relying on WWE. Now they're pushing, they're setting Edge as a top babe, a top baby face of the of the brand. Now it's just you don't see them losing. It's just basically it's like, oh, you betrayed me. I'm gonna get you're gonna get your comeuppance type of bullshit story. Typical WWE is like, oh, bad guys, uh, bad guys get thwarted. Mm. So changing gears for just a moment, looking again at the AEW side of things. Obviously, you've all heard by now CM Punk is out with an injury. Uh, Thankfully, he just got some successful surgery on his foot. So his road to recovery is beginning. But in the meantime, we also have an AEW interim championship tournament that apparently looks like it's going to be John Moxley competing for the interim championship against someone at Forbidden Door, either Hiroki Goto or Hiroshi Tanahashi. Gee, I wonder who is it going to be. Yeah, I was always like, just say it's Tanahashi because we already know the we already know who it's going to be. <laughs> 
So again, I don't know how much any of you here know about foot injuries. And I don't know how long we think that CM Punk is going to be out for. But I've got to wonder how in the world likely is it that Tanahashi actually beats John Moxley. So that's one way that they end up getting the CM Punk Tanahashi match. I or think is that's it what, I think that's what's going to happen? I actually, yeah, I do, I do think they're going to uh, give Tanahashi the belt just so they can uh, have the CM Punk match in the near future. Yeah, there's been some talk early on that uh, Tanahashi apparently wants him to be CM Punk. He wants him to be at Wrestle Kingdom, which would be absolutely stellar if that actually happens. Have that be uh, CM Punk's return match uh, for the uh, to be the undisputed AEW World Champion? Yeah. That would be totally amazing. I would be all, again, no pun intended, all in for that. That would be a very interesting thing. But again, I think ever, I can certainly see it as being a possibility. It's just a question of who's going to be available when. Is CM Punk going to be healthy in time? And can AEW and New Japan actually manage to pull off a deal for a, such a big title defense at something like Wrestle Kingdom? I honestly don't see why not. When's Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's more towards the beginning of the year, like right after New Year's in, in the United States. Oh, okay. Then Punk should be cleared. Hmm. It's certainly possible. Uh, we may need to check the, uh, the latest calendars for early 2023 to see if I'm right at all. But yeah, at least I'll with look, at least with right AEW, now. at least with AEW, I get the sense that because that they they have that I don't want to say revolving door, but more of an ensemble casting kind of booking, they're gonna walk away with flying colors. And WWE, for all of its flaws in, in terms of main event booking. Uh, they, for the time being, at least, it seems like they're doing okay. The question in my mind is just how long can they keep this up and make it remotely interesting at all? Okay, I can't find any, like... Hmm. Yeah, while you're looking up Wrestle Kingdom, uh, we are also coming off hot off the heels, pun fully intended, on Hell in a Cell 2022 with WWE. And I don't know about you, but I was pleasantly surprised with some of the matches we got. Absolutely. Now, just to open things up real quick, what was your match of the night? Because I've got a feeling there's going to be some variance on this one. For which one? For Hell in a Cell this year. Which one? There were a few good matches on here. I can see a few oh, different yeah. options for match of the night. Um, pitching it over to you guys. Which one was your personal match of the night? Tark, do you want to go? You, uh, you can go first because I'm... Uh, okay, Jan- January 4th. Doing research. 
January. Uh, oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. I was highly invested in the two matches that I went in looking to watch, which was the trios match and, of course, the Hell in a Cell match itself. Uh, the trios match, in retrospect, you can't really look at as that great because it meant nothing. But the Hell in a Cell match, you can't take anything away from Cody Rhodes after that. He is, he is a once-in-a-lifetime star. All right. How about you, fool? Which which of the Hell in a Cell matches or matches at Hell in a Cell rather was your pick for match of the night? It it does uh it has to go to the Hell in a Cell match because as Charlie said, that was the one match I was actually that actually got me to watch this event in the first place. I would say uh, my number two had to be the triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship because that was just a well-told story and great match between three women who are just phenomenal wrestlers. Uh, and then uh, the six person mixed tag or the trios match, I guess that's not now or thing. Now the thing, because everybody wants the trios belts over the all Atlantic belt, but that's just another, that's another discussion for later. Uh, but yeah, it had to be Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and, I know, I think some people made this comparison, but yeah, this match really is Cody Rhodes's like mankind star making, in accounts of star making match as being the, being a top established star in WWE. And yeah, he definitely earned that. Yeah, God, that's, oh yeah. <laughs> You saw the and heard the entire arena and everyone at home just go silent as soon as Cody took off his jacket. Like everyone's like, "Whoa, this just got real!" Like, is that real? Looking, I'm looking at that. I'm like, "Is is that makeup?" Because goddamn, that's really good. No, that that's real. Holy shit, you Cody, you crazy bastard! Very risky move. Very risky move to. Uh, actually continue with this match. But yeah, and it is one of the best Hell in the Cell matches that we've gotten in years. It certainly is. Uh, that being said, however, I'm honestly going to go in a different direction. In terms of my personal match of the night, I'm going to go with the women's triple threat match. I thought I felt you were like... say Madcap Moss versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Technically, that was better than I was expecting, <laughs> but it wasn't that good. Instead, it would make a going again with the mankind comparison with Hell in a Cell. I felt like this match was a lot more of a spectacle and just more in a matter of I can't believe his gonads are that large kind of a match instead of like an actual wrestling match. Not not taking any way thing away from Cody's huge gonads or anything like that. You can't take anything away from Cody's huge gonads. Better men and women have tried, I'm suppose, but <laughs> but yeah, it's in terms of just like a straight up wrestling match, no spectacle, no nothing. Like to put it another way, Cody and Seth was as good as I was expecting it to be. 
Bianca, Becky, and Asuka, I felt like they surprised me the most. As much as that may say something about me. I would Not the so. fact that it was good, but it was better than expected. Like they took you on a ride and they made the most of the time they had and it showed. So for me, they were exactly what I was expecting because I knew I know how phenomenal those three women are. So they put on I expected something great and they did not disappoint. Uh what just got me on the Cody Rose and Seth Rollins was just at first I even messaged you guys just thinking, okay, it's like Cody tore, tore his peck and he's still wrestling. I'm just thinking, okay, now they're just at, you smell that? I smell, I smell plot and it's thickening, but no, it actually is a like, as we say with, with the MJF stuff last week, this is, it became a worked shoot. And it worked to their advantage. It, if they keep pulling stuff like this, this would just uh, bring people just going, okay, let's, let me have a reason to watch WWE. Uh, but for the, uh, for the rest of the, ca- the card, I mean, Bobby Lashley almost MVP. <sighs> mm-hmm. There's a reason I didn't bring it up. Uh, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel was a shocker just because Kevin Ke- Owens won. But just also thinking about it in the long run, of course Kevin Owens won. He, he had a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course he's going to be the one to win her. And True. It is now, it is now reached that point. It doesn't matter what his character is going to be. Ezekiel, Elias, it doesn't matter. I don't think the guy cannot get himself over with the crowd, or at least in the at least when it comes to be putting on good matches, uh, the Ezekiel character is now just a, a bland character. He worked well with as Elias because he know he knew how to work the crowd, but they just I don't know what the hell they were planning on doing with with him. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he went as far as you can go with the Elias character, in my opinion. Uh, Matt Cat Moss, uh, Baron Corbin was a was a no hold, a typical no holds barred match. I think the only real highlight that come out of that one is uh, the audience wanting tables, and they didn't give us ta- and they didn't give them tables. I think we had to wait for uh, Seth to do it uh, in the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I guess it just shows how strict WWE is with how they're... It's like, you do what you're told to do. You do something off script, you will get in trouble. Pretty much. It's like, like you you really can't have a table in two matches? That's just silly. Uh, yeah, it's some people just tend to benefit in that kind of structure in terms of booking and all that. Others, they just are incredibly stifled more often than not, which results in like what we just talked about. But all that being said, everything taken into account, what are your final scores, your final beard ratings for Hell in a Cell 2022? 
Charlie, let's pitch over to you first. What's your final score for Hell in a Cell this year? They took what looks really bad on paper and made something great out of it. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, and I'd have to give it what's before a full beard. Uh, that would be, yes, that would be classic a classic goatee. goatee, three stars. Classic goatee. Yes. Uh, honestly, I feel like I would give it not a classic goatee, uh, a high classic goatee, a uh, very robust classic goatee. So, like, in terms of star ratings, I'm going to say a good three out of five, or a 3.5 out of five, rather. So uh, you just, like, classic like how I am right now, classic yes. goatee. It, it's that, a tar. It's a like, tarot goatee. With the uh, facial hair, goatee. see the beard growing in. Five, five o'clock shadow. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, I'm giving it a tarot goatee. Cool. Speaking of, take us home. What do you got? I am going to take that extra step and give the show a four out of five. Uh, the Hell in the Cell match is what is like a real fat, bet big benefactor on just. At putting a third match that no one wanted, putting a great story with the final promo and just the additional shoot stuff with the peck and doing what they did with a completely ripped, torn off peck was great. Uh, To respond with Charlie's statement on a, a card that doesn't look that great on paper, I think the actually the card does look pretty good on paper uh and minus probably the bobby lashley versus almost an mvp and maybe the Batcat moss versus happy corbin i'll add that because no one really really cared about that storyline but everything else kind of worked for it and we got really good wrestling out of this show and that's something that wwe actually does right when it comes to just putting on a show. They suck at their weekly television program, but when it comes to actually legit wrestling mat- wrestling shows, they do a pretty good job at it. Or like the premium events, they do a really good job at it. And this one had three great matches. Uh, two, uh, two. Uh, okay, three great, three great matches. Three okay matches, and then Bobby Lashley versus almost an MVP. So, so, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll give this a, a four out of five. I'll go full beard. Just, I just grew it all out. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy this show. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. Those are our beard ratings for Hell in a Cell 2022. Now is the point in our show where we pitch it back over to you, our listening oh, audience. Oh, you got more? Oh, I oh, guess I got... it's not that time. Oh, oh, we're more. not there yet. We're not there yet. We missed There's something. something. There, there is something I want to bring up. All right. The floor and I, is yours. And I'm, actually, I'm actually glad that it's the three of us on the show, that, on the show this week because uh, it, it actually is something that has to do with you, Fool, me, and – our scholars of wrestling champion Charlie. Okay, I see where this is going. Dun, All right. dun, dun. 
Okay. In the traditional terms of Scholars of Wrestling, in the Scholars of Wrestling Championship, technically, Charlie was supposed to defend the title at Hell in a Cell. That was the third event of the okay. rules. But we didn't have it as a title match. So with that, we are. I am basically just stating now that the title will be on the line, the three of us, because we were the three that won the predictions on that one with a three-way tie at Forbidden Door. Okay. There we go. Triple threat. Scholar Charlie defending the Scholars of Wrestling Championship against yours truly and Scholar Jeff. Three-way dance. Three-way dance, baby. Woo. Sounds great. It's going to be super exciting. There we go. The gauntlet has been laid down. And with that challenge being made, now is the time of our show where we pitch it over to our listening audience. There we go. Wherever you are, all across the world, drop us a line. If you're on YouTube, hey, check out our podcast edition wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a podcast listener, hey, why not join the fun on YouTube? Wherever you are, check the description of whatever you get, wherever you're getting your podcasts and or YouTube shows. Check us out on our link tree for all the latest episodes and relevant links on our link tree. Just look for the Scholars of Wrestling show. But if you want to get in touch with us personally and join the conversation, you can check us out on Twitter and our personal social media accounts. Fool, where can they reach you? You can reach me specifically on Twitter for this one at the Avatar. And Scholar Charlie, where can they reach you? They can reach me at Charlie. And you can join me on Twitter, usually live tweeting something crazy or just making silly comments about Street Fighter 6 at I'm Robbie Rage. <laughs> Seriously, it's time for Summer Game Fest around here, so that means uh, only one of two things. Video games or wrestling. Yes, I am a teenager. But then again, you already knew that because you know who we are. We are the scholars of wrestling and you have just been schooled. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Namaste. See you all for more fun soon. Yeah.